This is Vern Benham Grimsley with the Spiritual Renaissance broadcast. I remember Christmas in Kansas. As a little boy, I was born and grew up in Garden City in southwest Kansas. In the summer times, endless oceans of golden wheat fields and hardly a hill to obstruct the view of the 360-degree horizon, crystal blue skies and burning yellow sunshine. But then the rains and the approaching autumn, golden red and brown leaves crunching underfoot like crispy breakfast cereal in the gutters and the crosswalks, old men burning piles of raked leaves and a smoky fragrance hanging in the frosty evening fall air. And then the first snowflakes of November, turkey dressing and pumpkin pies baking, and a day to remember God and give gratitude to the Creator for fruitful fields and harvests. And then the eager childhood anticipation of Christmas. Eyes sparkling at the sight of the lamppost decorations and tinsel on the downtown, small-town Kansas Main Street. Santa visiting the town square with the brass World War I cannon and the band shell. And at the post office, a huge fiberglass Santa Claus that stood three stories tall, rigged up by my late father-in-law, Gay Smith, who was still a boy at heart and who yearly constructed a toy land, a marvelous store with electric trains, dolls, bicycles, and a thousand other presents to delight the eager eyes of runny-nosed Kansas lads and lasses in the chill days just before Christmas. We smudged the windows of the stores as we looked at the displays and dreamed about the Christmas presents we wanted that year, and an old bearded man with a tiny gas stove on a metal pushcart sold hot tamales up and down the snowy streets, the icy blades of winter wind cutting at his tattered coat and hat. And everywhere we sent smoke signals of greeting as with clouds of breath we shouted Merry Christmas to the people that we saw. Christmas in Kansas. But through it all, as a little boy, I somehow sensed that there was something deeper going on. When I was only two or three, my parents took me to a midnight song service where carols were sung and prayers were prayed, then later to the community sing at the Grimsley Gymnasium, where white-robed grade schoolers, junior and senior high school students marched in, each holding a tiny pen-light flashlight, representing a candle, and singing, Angels we have heard on high, joyful tidings now prolong, hills return the glad reply, ringing out the joyful song, Gloria in Excelsius Deo, and there were hymns on the radio and carolers walking through snowbanks and singing before homes with householders gathered on the porch and steaming cups of spiced apple cider with cinnamon sticks to warm the throat on a chilly night. And the songs were all about this man, Jesus. There were inevitable ditties about Rudolph and Frosty, but the really beautiful songs, and to my young mind, the truly important songs were about this man, Jesus. There were manger scenes on some of the lawns, and in the evenings we would drive around town and look at the lighting displays. There was a contest for the best decoration. But again, the one recurring figure in Christmas in Kansas was Jesus. And somehow in my five- and six-year-old boyhood mind, I realized that nearly everyone in this winter wind-blown cattle and wheat farming town thought that this man, Jesus, was the most significant person who had ever been born and lived and died in the history of this whole world whirling through time and space, and that impressed me indelibly. 
and as time passed, and I grew and listened and learned and studied and thought. I began to learn what he had thought and taught and said and what a satisfying life could be lived by anybody who would choose to try to live by what he said. That you are not a mere worthless worm of the earth, he declared, but an infinitely valuable son or daughter of the living God. You were born for love, he taught. You were born for the love of God and others, to be loved by God and people and to love God and people. So simple a thought. I thought, but what a way to live life. How I wanted that for my life. I wanted it then, and I want it now, to live in love. It's really the only way to live. This Jesus even said to love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who despitefully use you. Return good for evil done to you. Have faith in God, he taught. And death will be but the twinkling of a transition from here to eternity in the great family circle of love. This is a friendly universe, he said, and the very angels of heaven rejoice when some sinner repents and turns to God with all his heart, and all things will become new to one who seeks above all to live the spiritual life of truth and beauty and goodness in thought and word and deed. You may fail at that a thousand times, he taught, but if you keep coming back to God. The Heavenly Father always rejoices at your return, just as the father of the prodigal son ran out into the road to greet his wayward lad with hugs and with kisses. So too will the living God, your father and your friend, have you back, though you stray into the misty mazes of immorality and the melancholy morasses of immoderation. Whatever your problems and vexations may be, the everlasting promise of this Jesus of Nazareth, whose birth the world celebrates. His everlasting promise is that no matter how far you have fallen, how hopeless you have become, your Father God can lift you up out of it. For God is the hope of the hopeless, the faith of the faithless, the love of the loveless. God can raise you up when everyone else puts you down. God can make you new when you feel old, can give you courage when you're afraid, enthusiasm when you feel defeated and powerless, can give you a new heart when you feel disheartened. And if you're weary, God can give you strength. If you're heart sick, God can heal your heart. If you're hopeless, God can give you hope. And if you're homesick, God will lead you one day home to life everlasting, a life far higher and far better than life on this weary, war-worried world. For this Jesus of Nazareth is the Prince of Peace, the shadow of a mighty rock across a weary land, the fairest among ten thousand, the living Son of the living God, the Word who was with God and who was God and without Him was not anything made which was made, and that is why we celebrate His birth. The birth of some heroes and leaders we commemorate, but the birth of Jesus we celebrate because of who and what he was and is and what he proclaimed to a distraught and distracted world, the living gospel of the fatherhood of God and the brotherhood of man, the worldwide family of God, that God has given a fragment of infinity to indwell your mortal mind to stimulate and inspire your thinking, to guide your decisions and your aspirations, that your Heavenly Father has a plan for this planet and a will for your life, 
and eternal life for you as you discover the joy of living by eternal values, truth and beauty and goodness, and you aspire to be perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. And all of life begins to come to life when you begin, however imperfectly, to put these things into practice day by day, month by month, year by year in your life. And that was what this Jesus of Nazareth both taught and lived. He was what he taught. And this Jesus yet lives today in sovereign spiritual power, very God of very God and very man of very man, as the ancient theologians wrote it. And with the transformative power in his life and teachings to transform your life yet today. For he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. He said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And this Christmas, as my voice thunders around the world, over five continents and 70 foreign countries, let us join together in thankfulness to God. And a special Christmas greetings to our listeners in Europe, North America, our Asian representative, Dr. Rajan S. Shohan in Jabalpur, India, and our listeners in Eastern Europe, and the Soviet Union, Africa and Australia, Jerusalem and Lebanon, and across the Middle East, and in China and Japan and Canada, and Central and South America, wherever you may be hearing. This 1988 Spiritual Renaissance Christmas broadcast, we greet you from our headquarters high in the Sierra Mountains near Yosemite in California, as the whole world joins together with one breath to thank God for the birth and life and teachings of this Jesus of Nazareth, who brings this very day the hope of new life for you and for me and for every seeking, searching soul on this great whirling world. May you find him now, and may you find God now, and may the joy of that finding spring up in your heart forevermore. And may you live forever as the son or daughter of God you were born to be and you really are. Merry Christmas. And for free literature on the spiritual life, things I've written on these very topics about the finding and knowing of God, write to us at the Spiritual Renaissance Institute, 40879, Highway 41, Suite 1B, Oakhurst, California, 93644, United States of America. I've written things on how to pray. Seven Principles of Prayer is the title of one leaflet. Finding God, getting to know God, the fatherhood of God and the brotherhood of man. What's it like? What does it feel like? What can it mean to you to know that you are a member in a great intergalactic, far-flung, universal family, a son or daughter of the living God? These truths can transform your life that God is your perfect, loving, spiritual Father, that you can experience this life-transforming truth through the decisions and the actions of your personal faith, that all the peoples of this planet are brothers and sisters in the Father's spiritual family, that God has given a fragment of himself to live and to work within you, that the Father has a will which is the greatest possible good for your life. And if you will choose to seek God's will, there lies before you an eternal adventure of striving to attain the supreme values of truth and beauty and goodness. And the ultimate goal of existence is to reach out for the very perfection of your Heavenly Father.
as God wills that for you. Write to us at the Spiritual Renaissance Institute, Box 3080, Oakhurst, California, 93644, United States of America. This is a non-sectarian, non-profit program proclaiming the dawning spiritual renaissance, the fatherhood of God and the brotherhood of man, the worldwide family of God. And so for now, this is Vern Benham Grimsley saying, May God's will be done by you. Good day.